On today's show, can Luka and Kyrie win a title together as a duo? Then, how do the Mavericks build a solid title contending rotation around them? I've got Slightly Bias here to talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. You shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Maps your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe, follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below let us know in the comment section who on the mavericks could be or is right now a high-end rotation player on a title team curious what your thoughts are on some of the mavericks players this episode is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook official sportsbook partner of locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started if you want to support the show, text me, get text alerts from me on Mavs rumors and more. I summarize if there's interviews on other podcasts and things like that. I'll send that out. I'll do film like watchback breakdown type things. I've done a couple on Jaden Hardy and Josh Green this weekend. You can go ahead and subscribe to our subtext. Click the link in the description. Text the number on the screen right there, right under my name. Check it out. And uh, text that and then you can get text from us straight to your phone. Joining me today, multiple time guest, friend of the show, just overall internet I was trying to explain what your your like whole deal is to my wife today. Well, she was like, "Who's on the podcast today?" And I was like, "He's just like a goofball, just Mavericks." You just said icon, Ma- Mavs internet icon, slightly biased from his YouTube channel as well as biased slightly on Twitter. What you got for me today, slightly? Oh, just living the dream. A month away, what oh. two days away from Mavs? Well, I guess as of the time we're recording this, two days away from Mavs camp starting, and yeah, it's, it'll be here before you even know it, and then oh. it'll be over before you even know it. Camp starts on Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, and uh, yeah, I'll be there. We'll have some updates. You can subscribe to the subtext and get the updates from there. We'll have media day on Friday. Isaac and I will be doing our interview station again. Let's go. We're gonna be interviewing a bunch of Mavericks and see if Kyrie shows up. <laughs> That would be something else. I don't expect him to. He never does for any of these things like this. But hey, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. You know, who knows? Yeah, that would be that would be quite the get. <laughs> so, but today though, I want to ask the question. I want to ask some questions about the Mavericks in this upcoming season to slightly. And then I want to ask to start. Let's start with this. Do you have any concerns about Luca and Kyrie as a duo that can win a title as the two best players? Let's start there, and then we'll get into the rotation. On the court, absolutely zero concerns on my end. I was very vocal about wanting the trade to happen before it did. Like last summer, I was like, well, we should kick the tires on Kyrie because they're you know the rumblings are like Kyrie demanded the trade yeah. last summer from the Nets. I was like, we need to kick the tires on that. That makes a lot of sense, especially after losing Brunson. And then when it was reported he was going to get traded before the deadline. I was very, very adamant that they needed to do it just because we've seen Kyrie win a championship already as a number two. Kyrie, his whole career, really, you know, outside of the first few years in Cleveland and then, you know, I guess year one in Boston because year two Tatum was already kind of the guy by that second year. But like he was he's always been the number two. And in brief brief instances in Brooklyn, the number three. So, yeah, I feel like he's a great guard to put next to Luka because he can do the on-ball stuff. 
Luka can, you know, uh, rest, take possessions off offensively, which is something that re- the Mavs really need to figure out how to do. And Luka needs to figure out how to do as well. The LeBron, like, coasting in the middle of the game type of, uh, you know, thing that LeBron's master. He does that years. on he does that on defense. <laughs> yeah, Luka, that's Luka's problem. He does it defensively. He needs to start doing it offensively. Yeah. Uh, and Kyrie can handle the ball in those instances. And he's, he's a very dynamic off-ball guard as well. So, yeah, they're, they're a really great fit. And offensively, I mean, they were dynamite last year, even though, obviously, the results weren't great. The <laughs> offense was still really good. So I, I believe in them. I, I have I have a couple concerns based on, on defense, but it, it was built on my like like previous knowledge of just looking through, all right, you've got to have at least at least one of your elite or your know, top three or top two players had to be a two way player. You're like, all right, they've got to they've got to give you positive defense and positive offense. You look back at the Warriors run. You've got Draymond and Clay that had been really good defenders. Uh, you look at the Bucks, the Lakers with with AD and LeBron. You look at the Raptors with Kawhi. You look at Cleveland with I guess LeBron again, right? Like these these teams that we've seen recently that have won. And then last year, Jokic comes in and is like, "Hey, I'm just going to be decent defensively, and we're still going to." And Murray's going to be decent defensively too, and we're still going to win. Like I think that the NBA is so spread out, and the parity is so like the talent is so spread out right now that you can get away, maybe not get away, but that you can win with two guys like this in Luka and Kyrie. You just got to build the right team around them. And it's just got to be, you just have less of a, like a margin for error because of, because those two guys are only offense. You've got to bring in a bunch of defenders and figure out who, who your rotation is around those guys and get some of those elite defenders that I'm not sure that the Mavericks have right now. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I feel like defense, like offensively, I'm not worried about it at all. All the stuff last year where they couldn't figure it out in the clutch and your turn, my turn, like couldn't figure out that they'll figure that out. Like they're, they're both too smart to not make that work. And their offense was really freaking good anyway. Yeah. And the clutch stuff, I've mentioned this all off season. That's the fluctuates a lot. And a lot of times, you know, when you're that bad in the clutch, there is something wrong. You're doing something incorrectly. But a lot of times that stuff is is very luck driven. You know, like if, if this shot bounces our way or this one shot, you know, like it misses and doesn't rim in, then we win that game. And you give the Mavs like four. Um, how many? They played more close games than anybody last year. You give the Mavs 55. like four of those wins. They're <laughs> in the playoffs all of a sudden. It's like a, it's a completely different vibe going into the offseason. So that's why I think the Mavs will be better. Going back the, the defensive stuff. Listen, it's not a popular opinion. It has to be said. That's a Luka concern through and through. Let's like <laughs> like what, what you just mentioned, all the players you just rattled off were the best players on their teams. He has to be, like you said, Jokic, where defensively, you know, he's passable. You're, he's not, you're not getting killed by, like teams aren't hunting him. You're not getting completely killed by him falling asleep off ball, which is what Luka's prone to do. That's just the reality of the situation. And um, when he's locked in, we saw it after the first two games of that Sun Series. He was completely and totally fine the rest of the way. And the Mavericks went on to win four of the next five games in that series. And that's just, he needs to get to a place where defensively, and a lot of it is offensively too, which is why having Kyrie's nice. He can take possessions off and he's a little bit more locked into defensively. That's dope. Well, I'll take it a step further. We, at the end of this past season, I was so broken. Like after doing the Hornet, after doing the the post games of the Hornets games, like those losses, I was just so, I was like, it can't be this bad. Like Lucas defense can't be this bad. Everybody's just crapping on him all over the place. And you're just like, you can't find anything positive. People are saying, Oh, this is why him and Trey young are the same. Like going back. I'm like, it's that's that just wasn't, that wasn't what it was a year, like a year removed from that Western conference finals run. So I went back and I looked through some of our episodes just to see what, what our narrative was or what I was seeing when I was watching Luca. 
we had an episode. <laughs> Isaac and I had an episode titled, Is Luca an Underrated Defender? Because he was oh playing defense so well. He he has the, the Dirk like smackdown where it's like you know, they count it as a block, but it's really like a steal kind of thing. Like he has that down. He's smart, he's big, you can't push him off his spot. He's just gotta be bought in and he's just gotta know where to go. He he doesn't have the athleticism to gamble on anything and then recover well enough. So he's just got to be locked in mentally. And he just wasn't at all last year, which is what made him really bad, but he can be good. And if, if I do say so myself, he could be an underrated defender and like be a, be a solid defender at his spot. No. Yeah. Like, like you said, he's smart. He's too smart. And if you watch Luca and just, cause I was doing this, I was working on something for the world cup and then just threw it away, but I was watching his defense and there was times in the world cup where he was locked in the whole game. He wasn't getting killed on back cuts. He was putting yeah. a body on a guy, you know, when the other team shot a three, he put a body on his guy so that he didn't get killed on a putback, which is a big problem he has. It's just like whenever he's not locked in, it's off ball where he is horrible. Yeah. Like when he's on ball, he's big. Like you said, he's big, he's strong. His He's got a seven, one, seven, two wingspan, whatever. Every time I look it up, I'm like shocked at Luca's wingspan. Like this guy, like he's got a freakishly long wingspan. Are you looking it up right now? Yeah, there's one site that says seven two. Yeah, seven two. That's how that is a very long wingspan. Like you could be uh, a nuisance defensively on ball with just those physicals alone, despite the fact that you're not like the quickest guy. I love it's, these. I love these sites when I search Luca's wingspan. It's like sports, sports, Kedia, crafted NBA. I'm like dunk or three. Like where, where are you getting your? Where are you getting this information? <laughs> yeah, they always have like the, all the personal information too. It's like I just want to know is what his wingspan is. Yeah, like just, I don't care what. What happened to Draft Express? Draft Express <laughs> died, and that was where it went all the time for wingspan. Draft Express died. Well, it was it was. Uh, um, Mike Schmitz and uh, Gavoni, and then they got oh, hired by ESPN, and then yeah, it kind of yeah, yeah. went away. And then Schmitz got hired by the Blazers, so kind of even. Yeah. I think they still do stuff, but it's not like the the place to go to right, where right, you want right. to find wingspan measurables and all that. But yeah, if but a guy doesn't like, go to yep. the combine, but anyway, Luca, like it's just it's it's what makes it so frustrating, and why I can get a little frustrated at him is because it's just he's too smart to yeah. be getting beat all the time off ball like he does but if he locks in he could be totally fine and I think yeah and, and you know Kyrie too is, is not a great defender but he can be solid he was their best guard defender at the end of last year <laughs> yeah I mean like, that's I'm, a low bar I'm, though I'm not lying about that he was like even Reggie Bullock like in Josh Green considered Kyrie yeah. was the best one of them so well that's uh, just that's more sad than anything else, it definitely but. is more sad than anything but he was at least solid coming up I want to talk through the rotation because the Mavericks need to find five to six high-end rotation players to win a title in the next couple of years do they have them on the roster do they have to look elsewhere we'll talk about that coming up but before we do let me tell you about FanDuel FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered with all kinds of props and odds they've got NFL stuff going all the time the finals odds for the Mavericks right now oh boy Take a, take a, take us take a walk down this run for, with me. Uh, these are their top teams to win the finals this year. Celtics, Nuggets, Bucks, Suns, Heat, Lakers, Warriors, Sixers, Cavs, Clippers, then the Mavericks, plus 2,400. You can get those odds right now. If you believe the Mavericks do have the rotation players and the stars to win a title, go ahead and put some money down on that. They've got all kinds of other stuff as well. You can go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets right now. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets that you can use all throughout the site. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Find NFL, NBA, and all that and more. My first shot, my first make. <laughs> 
Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, being an everydayer. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tomorrow, Reggie Atatula from 105.3 The Fan joins me as Isaac continues his romp around the world, his 10th wedding anniversary. Shout out to him and his wife and all that. Today, though, we got slightly biased. He's here. We're talking about the Mavericks. We talked about Luka and Kyrie as a duo that can win a title. And we both think that they can. You just have to build the right team around them. And so let's try to build that team around them. Um, I was looking at this for a mailbag question last week. How do the Mavericks get the rotation players to, and who are the, how many rotation players do they need to win a title? And I started looking back and like, you start looking through teams and they need six to seven total, like rotation players. The Nuggets last year had seven. You look back at the Warriors the year before, I think they had, yeah, or the, what was it? The Nuggets had, Nuggets had six. The Warriors had six. Milwaukee had like six and a half with like Portis and Pat Connaughton. The Lakers had seven plus like Markeith and Dwight Howard. Like they had a bunch of dudes. Toronto had eight when they won with Kawhi. And so you look like you got to have at least six to seven high end rotation players to win a title. And so if we count Luca and Kyrie, you got two, (laughs) you got two to start. Where do we get the rest of them? Are there, let's start with this. Are there any on the team right now? I think Grant Williams for sure. Mm. I mean, he was a high rotation guy on a team that went to the finals. I don't like Joe Mazzulla's uh, minutes with him last last postseason was so puzzling, weird. super puzzling. But he fits the mold as you know a very versatile defender. You know he'll shoot, he'll knock down shots. He's not scared of that moment. Um, he'll guard the other team's best player if needed. And I think he definitely fits the mold of a rotational guy. The thing Outside about of him, the, yeah. The thing about we'll say with Grant Williams here. The thing about thing about him though that I kind of am I'm looking at is they need a high, they need high end rotation players, right? Yeah. And like, I, we know that he can be a rotation player. He can definitely be, he, he was, he was literally in the finals. And so we know he can, but the difference between him being like a KCP or an Aaron Gordon, like that's what the Mavericks need to answer probably this year and next year is, can he be that guy or do they need to add a couple more guys that can be in that role? Cause right now he's like, well, Jason Kidd said it the other day. He's in the big group, right? Like he's, uh-huh. in, he's in quote unquote, the big group of him, Luca and, and Kyrie. So he's like a guaranteed starter at this point. It's, is he the th- Mavs' third best player? Like, yeesh. Yeah, that's a little bit. I'll say this about Grant Williams that I, I was thinking about earlier today. And I, I like it. Like, Kid was talking about it uh, when he was talking with Mark Stein this past weekend about how, like, he's a vocal guy yeah. defensively. And that fits what – that's, like, kind of what the that. Mavs were really missing last year. They didn't have an on-court coach defensively, especially after they traded away Dorian Finney-Smith because I feel like he was kind of that guy. And I feel like Grant Williams can be, I don't want to say the Aaron Gordon of this Mavericks team because Aaron Gordon is just an <laughs> incredible defender. But like, can he be the on-court quarterback pretty much of the defense? Can he tell guys where they need to go? Can he be the vocal leader? And if so, then yes, I think he's definitely could be a high-end rotational player for a deep Mavericks run. But I'm sure going to get to some of these other names and it gets a little bit spooky. It gets dicey. We start to project, right? Like the, yeah. the ones down the list, we start to project forward. For sure. And we know that this team is not going to win a title this year, right? I think you and I can both agree mm-hmm. that FanDuel is right, that they're like they're like 12th or 13th down the list that, of teams. That's pretty, that's higher than I would have put them. Like really? they're higher than the Grizzlies. Did you, did you mention the Grizzlies? Let's see. Were uh, they ahead of the Grizzlies? No, yeah, right after, they're right after, they're right before the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Knicks, the Hawks, Timberwolves, Raptors. Those are the teams after them. That's pretty interesting. You get a little Luca bump in the with, with that's the, true. The, the that's betting very true. odds there for FanDuel. 
But yeah, like where Grant Williams fits in the rotation, like high end versus, you know, solid rotation player. But you're totally right with them needing a a vocal leader on defense. They needed it so bad. I, I said at the end of last year, one of their fatal flaws, they just didn't have leadership on the team. They just didn't have leadership of any kind. And now I think Kyrie steps into that role a little bit more. Grant Williams now steps into that role on defense and they just need that. So I think... Derek Lively is going to step into that role eventually too. Probably not his first year, but you yeah. saw it at summer league. You saw it at, uh, you saw it in, at Duke that he can be a vocal leader defensively. He's just got to not be 19 and a, <laughs> and a rookie yeah. on this team to do it and get there. So wait, do you, do you think is Lively a part of this question? We'll we'll get, we'll get to Lively. Cause I just want to okay. say, is, do you have any other that are a high end, like title run rotation player right now? Cause it's Grant, <laughs> Luca, Kyrie, and anyone else? I can't say high. I can't say high end right now. I'll st- I'll st- I'll stand Maxi still. I yeah, know this, Maxie- this this has been the podcast that has been way too high on Maxi for a long time. <laughs> we were like, no, we wouldn't trade Maxi for Larry Markin, and even though that wasn't even a real trade. Yeah. Um, but like, I still think he can. And he right, you're right. He's not the high end. He's not one of your starters, but he could be your, you know, Jeff Green off the bench, right? Like like for that sure. was the the role that Jeff Green played for the Nuggets. He was part of their seven man rotation. Then you know. Maxi can definitely play that role, the role that you know some of the other players have played. That he he can do that, and I I still believe that he could be part of that, like yeah. high end ish. Yeah, I definitely. And anybody who doesn't think that should probably go back and rewatch the twenty twenty uh, the twenty twenty was that twenty twenty two twenty twenty two Western Conference Finals. It was so long ago. <laughs> I forgot the year. <laughs> he was he was instrumental in that uh, in that team, like beating Utah. Like he was really good in the Utah yeah. series. So I definitely think he can be a rotational playoff guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he can oh, give you give me healthy. real twenty really good minutes. Yeah, in, I'm, in a, I'm, in a I'm playoff cool game, which is great. Which is I guess not high high end. So if you're talking about your your guys that can give you thirty, I don't I don't think Maxi would be that guy. Yeah, no, of course. But he, not. but he can give you twenty minutes for sure. That's valuable though. Okay, anyone else that fits that that it that fits that role or gets close to it? I I, I go back and forth with Tim Hardaway. Mostly fourth because of his defense. But if I'm going to give Luca a pass for last year, do I give Tim Hardaway a pass for last year too with, with his defense? Because he just didn't seem to be there. Yeah, I mean, he in that series against the Clippers, when he was last healthy in the playoffs, he was very big for the Mavericks. Second leading scorer, even with Porzingis. Yeah, he was light. The games that they, he shoots while they win, it feels like almost always. Yeah. But, man, it is, it's a hard, that's a hard guy to project being a big playoff minute guy. And not just like a guy where it's like, okay, we need shooting Tim. You need to be playing more. Like, is he a consistent, no matter what, Tim's getting 25 minutes a night? Probably not. The problem the with playoffs. him, the, pro- the the biggest problem with Tim Hardaway being that kind of player for the Mavericks is that Luke and Kyrie are their two best players. Like, you just can't play all three of yeah. them together. And when you're going on a title run or a finals run or any kind of playoff game, really, like, you'd have to you'd have to play all three of them together at some point yeah. if anyone's going to get big minutes. So, for that reason, like, Tim is out. And... Then you look at like Seth Curry, and I think Seth Curry is out because of that too. Yeah, because sure. of defense and size. Like maybe you could do Kyrie. Like when Kyrie's out, Seth plays in a playoff game. But I mean, that's that's just really hard, and that's what limits you when you have Luca and Kyrie as your two best players. I mean, when, when was the last time Seth got any like real playoff minutes? I th- I think Seth's a really nice piece to have just because he can you know sort of. I still feel like he's a a Tim Hardaway Jr. replacement at some point. That's just the vibes well, I get. To be honest Seth- with you. Well, Seth was on the Seth was on the court when Luca hit that shot against the Clippers. So, oh, that's we, true. We at least he, that's that. true. I'm looking at it right now. He, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. 28 minutes a game in the bubble for the Mavs, and then he had played 31 minutes a game in that on that Philly team that just 
uh, forgot how to play basketball against the Hawks, but <laughs> that was but th- that was a but that's the team he could play with, right? It's you yeah. got Embiid, you've got Ben Simmons at his at his. I guess you would call it his peak because he just fell off after like completely fell off after that. Yeah, but like that's true. That's where his his peak was. So you have that sort of defense built in around, and you're playing against you know the the Trey Young, Kevin Herter. Like he can he can run around with some of those guys. But yeah, yeah. And then even in the bubble, like you know Luca, and then it was like next to KP too before KP got hurt. So that that his fit made more sense on that team getting extended minutes than this current roster. So then coming up, let's talk about Omax, Jaden Hardy, Derek Lively. Can any of those guys be a high-end rotation player on a finals team in the next couple of years even? Let's talk about that coming up. Shut it down! Let's go home! All right, Slightly, let's get into this next part. We talked about do the Mavericks have... High-end rotation players that could be in a finals. We kind of named like three and a half. <laughs> Luca, Kyrie, Grant Williams, and then maybe Maxi. They've got to find like three or four more. And so where can they get those guys? Let's let's start with Josh Green, because we haven't done Josh Green yet. I was in it was interesting to me to hear to hear Jason Kidd mention the big group of Luca, Kyrie, and Grant Williams, and Josh Green was not in it at all. And basically say Josh and Omax are up for a starting role with the Mavericks right now. What do you think about Josh, let's say, this year? And then can he? Be, when can he be one of those like playoff rotation players? Well, I definitely don't think Josh has just earned a starting spot immediately. So I actually do kind of like that. Uh, just because Omax, I mean, he looked great in Summer League. And his role, like what he does, fits like a glove next to Luka and Kyrie. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Uh, I mean, Josh Green, God, you, it's just you see so many flashes with him, but it's just getting there consistently. It's, you know, the confidence thing. It's if, if he could just be consistent and just be locked in and confident with his shot, confident with his offensive playmaking ability, which he does have, then yeah, I think he definitely is, is, is a guy who can fit into a, a team that's trying to win and be a rotational guy just because he is a good point of attack defender. He is smart with the basketball in his hands, mm-hmm. um, almost to a fault at times because you, you just want him to shoot sometimes, but he's just trying so hard to make the right play when sometimes the right play is just shoot or go up with it. If you miss whatever he had um, some of these passes for Australia that I know you saw too, where he's like, he's hanging and just like looking around the corner to try and find the right guy to pass to. and just whips a pass, like a com- the complete opposite way where you'd think that he yeah. would pass the ball. Like it's not straight to the short corner or it's not straight to a guy cutting. It's like the top of the key or right behind him. And uh, yeah, he like maybe too smart for his own good at times because he can get those off. And what he does, it's an amazing play. Yeah, no, he's, that's the thing, too. He is a legit good passer. And you saw that because the Australia team, they love moving and passing the ball a bunch. And he's a really mm-hmm. smart and good passer. But it's just, can he get to the the, the aggressive point that he needs to get at, aggressiveness-wise, where it's like, okay, I have this guy on me. He's not as fast as me. I'm driving to the rim. And I'm either going to kick out or dunk. You know, I just felt, I really wonder that Gobert block on him in that series against the Jazz, where he goes up to posterize Gobert. Like if he if he knocks down that poster, is this a different career? Like, it's, to me, just... to me, the play was the one the one I keep replaying in my head is he's in the right corner. Gobert is quote unquote guarding him in the corner, and Josh like dribbles in a circle instead, yeah. instead of instead of going right at him or taking the shot from three. And like the difference between that, but the difference between that Josh and the Josh we saw last year was so different. He shot forty percent from three this past yeah. year. He, at, at a certain point in the season, he was leading the league in three point shooting. Like he started really hot. And was, yeah. was doing really well. So I think he still ends up starting. I think Kid wanted wants it to be some kind of 
uh, competition in the, in training camp, which I think is fine. I think he wants some of that size that Omax can bring too. Also, Josh Green's only like two years older than Omax, so even though he's been in the league three years, yeah, he's still young. Yeah, you know, he's still he's and still they need re- his on ball defense. He's like, still really he's, young. I agree with you. He's gonna start, but I think Josh Green can be that guy in like. I think he, he he could. There's a chance that he could step up and be that player this year. That can be yeah. a high end rotation player on a, on a playoff team for sure. But there's also a chance that it could be you know one one more year of all right. Let's establish you as a starter, and then and then you become that guy. Well, you want to know something? That's why I was talking about this on stream today. I I am a proponent of letting him hit restricted free agency. Mm. I, like like PJ Washington just these, did. I mean, yeah. I mean, is he one of these guys where it's just like, hey, contract year? You want to make like. If you want teams to really come after you, you need to have a like you need to prove yourself as someone who can handle the ball, shoot, you know, don't worry about me when I have the ball in my hands. Cause right now I don't know what his market would be on an open market. I just I really don't. I can't imagine the Mavericks would pay him more than what Grant Williams is. If Grant Williams is part of the big group, then like yeah, yeah, why is Josh 100%. why is Josh Green getting more than him at this point? And I I said this yesterday in our show. I kind of wonder if Jason Kidd didn't include him in the big group because of their contract talks right now. Like they oh. did, he, he didn't want to give them more ammo. The, have you ever seen 30 rock? They do a, uh, they do a, uh, a, like a contract negotiation with one of the actors on the fake show that they do. Yeah. And like, uh, Liz lemon goes up to the actors. Like, listen, we know you test really well with, with females like 19 to, to 34, but blah, blah, blah. And then later in the negotiation, like the guy brings up that those exact numbers in the <laughs> negotiation. You're like, dang it. Why did I just say that and like give you more ammo in that situation? Yeah. And I think that's that's maybe what Jason Kidd was trying to do is to, to not give him that. inside baseball. Now you know. You would, I wouldn't put it past Jason Kidd to play to play some games. Rick Carlisle for sure. Rick Carlisle definitely would have would have omitted his I name. guarantee you Kidd just forgot. Kid just forgot about Josh Green. And that is the end of that. People forget about Frank. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that's what it was. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just like you guys. <laughs> and everyone's just running with it on Twitter. And he's like, oh, God, I honestly just forgot. We've all been there. I'm like making a conspiracy theory out of it. Because like, <laughs> yeah. Jason Kidd, he has done that a couple of times in pressers where he's like, I don't want to forget anyone's name and leave anybody out. He didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, because he knows that it's going to like, because last year was like, wait, why didn't he say Christian Wood? We know why he didn't say Christian yeah, Wood. Now, now we know. <laughs> we are fully aware why he didn't say Christian Wood. <laughs> so Josh, we think in a couple of years, what about, uh, let's do Jaden Hardy now. What do, you, what do you think about Hardy as a Hardy's player? A we, tough one. I would, I, like a couple years ago, I would have said no way. But we just saw Jordan Poole be this exact guy, and I think Hardy can be exactly Jordan Poole. So yeah, I don't know. Hardy Tyler Hero one. was also a player that like played in the finals. Man, Hardy's hard. I I don't know because so I don't blame him at all for not looking like a good point guard in summer league because he's not no, a point guard. They tried that, yeah, right. But then I wonder though. Okay, so where where does he slot in? You don't want him to be the only ball handler. So does he play with Kyrie or does he play with Luca? Then you have you run into the same problems where it's like, are they too small then in the backcourt? Or is there just too many, you know, neutral to negative defenders on the court at the same time? Because we're talking about playoffs. We're, ta- we're not yeah. talking about, you know, March against the Pistons. You know, God bless the God bless the Pistons. It's just not the year for that. Does he? But does 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 they does, does God does, bless the Pistons? Hey, they've won this century. So there's a lot it's of fair. teams that have not won this video. They've got so, Kane now too. So. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. He's a hard one. I, I I don't think that I, I don't think the team should be banking on him turning into that guy. If he does, great. 
but that should not be like a, we need Hardy to turn into this 20 point per game off the bench guy for us to us to get to the next level. It's it's all about sense. him defensively, right? Like yeah, it really just He's because of talented man because of all the stuff we said about Tim Hardaway and Seth like, that they can't play with with Luca and Kyrie because it's the same with Hardy. Like there's just so many. So many things yeah. where last year he just looked so lost, and he was a rookie. You expect that, so yeah, of course. Second round any, rookie. Can he take any kind of leap defensively? He's got a six nine wingspan. He's six four with a six nine wingspan. Yeah, so like I was just about to say, he's bigger than I think people realize. Yeah, he's not like a six one guy. No, no. So I think he could get that, especially since he's he was almost as good as Tim like last year. <laughs> last year, no, he's so talented. Like he he really is. I hope so, but like I said, I, they shouldn't be banking on it if that makes sense. Okay, Derek Lively. Yeah, for sure. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in him. I think uh, to to me, like the thing that stood out about kids' comments the other day was that he was like, yeah, in the last couple of weeks he's made strides. Like, and even I think even Tim McMahon said that some Mavericks people told him that Derek Lively's been making strides over over just the last couple of weeks after summer league that they're Im- impressed by. I think he's just a guy that's just gonna he's gonna figure it out so quickly. Mm-hmm. But even as a rookie center, it's hard. So I don't think yeah, it, it, it won't be this year, but next year. Like, I wouldn't put it past him to be, oh, oh my gosh, this guy can play 25 minutes on a playoff team. I wouldn't even put it – like, I, I agree. That's the most likely outcome. I wouldn't even put it past it being like a Mark Williams or Jalen Duren situation where, you know, it takes him a little bit. But by March, people are like, have you seen, like, what Lively's yeah. been doing? The difference between that and and Derek Lyle is those those teams won like 22 games. Yeah, I know, I know. But But still, those guys were really good. Like, really, it's like the – can he be like a Walker Kessler type would be the – where he slots in and immediately it's like, oh, my God, this guy is one of the best defensive anchors in the league already. Yeah. That's a tough one, though. Like you said, it's hard. He's got the tool, 7-1, wingspan. He's Mm, he's a freak athlete. He he also talked about this summer that he had that calf injury at Duke that he just kept dealing with and like – He's like, I'm going to show everybody now. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let me go this yeah. late. He also played next to another seven footer. Like yeah, that's just a whole weird thing at Duke. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think he seems like a he seems like a smart player, and yeah, I mean they need him to be good. So, Omax, I honestly think there's a chance Omax could be a rotation player in a playoff team this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't so put anything past Omax. that guy. I'm so high on Omax. It's funny because I did like I'm I don't pretend to be a draft guy at all. But I did, you know, a little little light one going into it. And yeah. on my last big board, again, I'm terrible at this, so don't take anything. <laughs> I did have Omax higher than Lively, actually. Wow. So I was super pumped that they got both. Because I, I didn't, I, like, I had Lively kind of low, but I just, re- I understood the fit was just so seamless that it made the most sense. But Omax, the versatility, the 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 physicals, and then offensively, Summer League, he did some stuff that I was not, anticipating his driving and like finishing at the rim with his long wingspan. Like that stood out so much that he can, he can finish from a place where most people have to like start their, their layup <laughs> basically. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Jarris Walker was my like draft crush and Omax just yeah. took it to him. Destroyed him. Like I was shocked. And that might've, that might've been bad, honestly, like seeing Omax do that. Cause now I'm thinking like, <laughs> Oh my God. But where does Omax play though? Is he a three or four? Because I'm trying to think. Can Grant matter. and Omax play next to each other? Yeah, they. De- I think they they definitely can because Omax can navigate screens. I think yeah. that's something he'll have to grow into. It'll be hard in the NBA to start, but I think that's he's kind of like shifty. Like I don't know, he walks around like 
he walks around like the Nightmare Before Christmas guy with like his huge legs. <laughs> he just like yeah. step, feels like he steps over guys and around. And he's I, yeah, he's got a weird like it doesn't when you watch him, it looks a little, it looks a little strange. It kind of looks like a like a newborn deer or something sometimes, but it just works. <laughs> he's just so big and lengthy and athletic. And I think his three his three ball in summer league was was pretty good. And that that's one area that I'm I'm watching him to see if that yeah. if that translates the, well right away. Then yeah, he could be this guy rookie year. That's the swing factor for him, definitely. If, anyone, if he can knock down threes. Anyone else? Dante Exum, Why Derek Jones Jr., Rashawn Wolf, Rashawn Holmes. If Dante Exum hits like 38, 39% from three, I mean, there's there's a there's a world where he's like what we actually thought Frank could be. Hold on. Yeah, hit it. People forget about Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll like never, it'll never die. I'll never I'll never you end it. No, you want to know what I didn't forget about Frank? He was really big in that series against the Suns. He just was. He was. His defense might have shifted the tide of the series. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. We've turned the I'll, corner. This is not off-season locked on maps anymore. We can't do the Frank. Frank was the reason the maps beat the Suns. We can't, no, I'm not saying the reason. I'm saying things were a segment. little bit different after he started playing a little bit more. It started really roughing up he, Chris Paul. He was Devin big. Booker. Yep. And if Exum, because Exum, I, I'm sure you watched FIBA. Yeah, dude, Australia, when he's in the game, it didn't matter who else was on the floor. He had the ball. I was so shocked by that. Like he would play alongside Giddy, alongside Ingles, and he was bringing the ball up, initiating the offense. That that really shocked me. It was Giddy, Patty Mills, and then it was Dante. Like those were the th- those are their three ball, only three ball handlers. Basically, Ingles did yeah. a little bit, but like Dante Exum was their ball handler off the bench. And I forget, I forgot, honestly, that he was like a point guard, that he was supposed to come into yeah. the NBA and be like this smaller version of Ben Simmons, basically. And that's so what that's what the Mavericks need really bad. Like he's going to break that group of Tim Curry and Jaden Hardy. And we're going to be like, why is Dante playing more than all three of those guys? Like all three of those guys. And if his three yeah. ball hits, like he said, he, he could be, I could see him as a player right away. Um, yeah. Playoff rotation guy though. I don't know about that. Derek Jones jr. Is interesting. Yeah. His is the three-point shot, too. I mean, yeah. he shot 33% last year, and we're like, oh, can Derek Jones Jr. shoot the three? Like, okay. <laughs> I just like his small ball. Whatever the case is, whatever is going to happen this season, the best lineups for the Mav, I guarantee you, will be something like Derek Jones Jr. at the five or Grant at the five. Like, they're going to have a really yeah. good small ball Again, lineup. we're going to have to deal with small ball again. No rebounding. Yeah. No rebounding. But that's allowed. the thing Grant is, is really good at, actually. Yeah. All right, there you go. Go check out Slightly Biased on YouTube, on Twitter, and all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.